Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hello, welcome to the Maricopa County Library Shelf Logic podcast. My name is Tim. I'm a library assistant. I'm here with Glenn, a librarian. Today we're discussing Seinen manga. Seinen is how Seinen. I pronounce it, but yeah. Either way. I've I've had a little bit of trouble figuring it out myself. That's okay. Uh, that is manga aimed at 18 to 45, primarily male demographics. Uh, in particular, we'll be discussing Vinland Saga, Parasite, and The Way of the House Husband. So to get started, we'll just go ahead and jump into some definitions. So you may have encountered this before. Maybe you've read some manga, maybe not. Either way, it's probably just a great idea to start with kind of a basis for what we mean when we say signing manga. And the word signing in Japanese just means youth, which is a very broad definition. So signing manga, as Tim said, is targeted at um, men ages 18 to 45, roughly. Now, of course, um, people outside of that targeted age range or that genre can still enjoy this because really that's just sort of a, a loose suggestion. And that it's often kind of paired with its sort of uh, contemporary partner, the Jose manga, which is manga aimed at women ages 18 to 45. And of course, men can enjoy that one, and women can enjoy this one, and so on. Yeah, it's a, uh, as we will see when we discuss the various titles today, it's, uh, it's a very loose uh, genre. It's, it's actually more just a demographic signifier, uh, and lots of things fit within the uh, signing manga genre. Yeah, so you can have action, adventure, horror, fantasy, comedy, and so on. So if you listen to our Shonen podcast, there's going to be a lot of uh, crossover with that genre, and that's that's sort of by design, just simply because these genres are very closely related to one another. Yeah, and I think uh, another thing is that in Shonen manga, while you will occasionally run into something that is a bit more either violent or risque. With signing manga, it's more common. Yeah, so with signing, you get more more violence, more adult themes, um, probably start getting into a bit more politics of how things work and that kind of stuff. And that's not to say that all signing manga have that. One in particular that we'll be discussing today doesn't really have that at all. No, but it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's just the general audience that it's aimed for tends to be more mature, so it tends to be a bit more mature. Yeah, so signing, like so many various art forms or genre forms, the, the, the ultimate definition is you kind of know it when you see it. Pretty much, yes. And just as a warning before we begin, there will obviously be some spoilers as we discuss things. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to discuss some of even just the first few volumes of these uh, manga without going into some spoilers, I would imagine. Yeah, hopefully we'll keep it at just just very minor spoilers. But yeah, uh, so let's hop in starting with Vinland Saga. Yep. Uh, Vinland Saga is a historical manga uh, that's also I would say qualifies for adventure. Yes. Uh, it is very it's it's very built up around vikings at the turn of the first millennium so uh 1000 yeah so we're talking about pretty early vikings here some of their first forays and in, into the, sort of the rest of english european culture yes in particular we'll be discussing 
uh, or the manga discusses Thorfinn, who is, well, let's just say he's, when we first encounter him, he is a sort of a violent teenager <laughs> who acts as a, an agent for a gentleman named Asklad. And they have, they have an interesting relationship in that Thorfinn works for him only to uh, get the ability to challenge him to duels to try and kill him. Yeah, so I think this is one of those points where we have to give you a very minor spoiler here. It's it's for the first volume, um, so if you don't want this minor spoiler, skip ahead in like just like a minute or so. But the minor spoiler is that Asklad has killed Thorfinn's father. Yes. And so this whole story is at the same time both an adventure quest for Thorfinn to go out and kind of pursue his destiny as a raiding Viking, but also he really, really, really wants revenge for this guy killing his dad. Yes. Um. I would say the closest in pop culture to uh, Vinland Saga would be something like Game of Thrones. Yeah. Where characters go on long, expansive journeys, but pretty much nobody's death is off the table. Right. Outside of Thorfinn, everybody can die. Yeah. And the author makes certain that if somebody leaves, they're either dead or you know exactly why they're leaving. Yeah. One of the things that I particularly liked about this manga was its sort of realism. Now, it's not, of course, it's not perfectly realistic. You still get this sort of the Viking berserker trope where he pops a bunch of Viking berserker mushrooms and can, you know, take on a group of 20 people by himself. But if we set that kind of those kind of fantastical elements to the side, of which I think there are only a few... Yeah. Um, we still get a very, I think, more realistic or at least less romanticized representation of the Vikings because they do bad things in this. Yes. And they're not set out to be the heroes. They're just, they want to survive and they want to raid and plunder. Yes. There are no real heroes in uh, Vinland Saga. In particular, even Thorfinn's dad, who... If you skipped ahead, we're not going to discuss that much. But uh, even Thorfinn's dad was a Yom's Viking who was known as the Troll and was a pillaging, raiding Viking. Yep. Uh, pretty much, I think, the only one who comes out of the first four volumes seeming like a nice person is Leif Erikson. Mm, yeah. Because he doesn't really, like do anything wrong in the manga. Right. Obviously, in real life, there might be uh, some history there, but in the manga, he's pretty much the only one who comes out of the first four volumes okay. Yeah, even our main character, Thorfinn, is he does anything it takes to reach his goal. Exactly. He, he, I mean, in the first volume alone, I don't know how many people he's killed. Yes. It's, uh, it's really interesting because, as Glenn was saying, it's a very realistic manga. The only real places I think it goes full, like, uh, anime, for it. lack of a better <laughs> term, is during the fight scenes, which are uh, very stylized, very, like, uh, at one point uh, when he's fighting a larger gentleman uh, named Thorkel, uh, Thorfinn, jumps off of limbs and springs through the air and gets thrown like a hundred feet into a tree. And he's fine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he gets right back up. Yeah. So it's outside of the fight scenes, it's a very realistic, slow moving manga that 
is all about positioning and the journey. Yeah, and like I said, with signing, we get we start getting those kind of politic elements to this, and we really see that in sort of how these different Viking clans are interacting with each other and vying for power as they kind of form this coalition to... Yes, uh, and those coalitions rise and crumble yeah. uh, just as quickly. Right. Uh, it's, it's a very well-done uh, historical manga that... As another m really minor, minor spoiler, uh, these uh, Vinland Saga comes in oversized volumes that would mm. be essentially two regular volumes in one. Yeah. So within the first four volumes, you've read almost 1,800 pages. Significant. And about like three quarters through the fourth volume, you get to a chapter called The End of the Prologue. Yes. <laughs> so... It, it sort of sneaks up on you exactly how expansive the story is going to be where 1,700 pages in, you're done with the prologue. Yeah, the prologue is significant. And just to anyone who's actually going to go out there and read this, um, the prologue is a very different tone from the rest of it. It's almost like two separate stories. Yeah. It's, uh, it, is, it is very, very good still. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's amazing world building what the yes. prologue accomplishes. And you're very, you now know the backstory for a lot of the major characters that are going to come about in the, in the actual main story. And it feels very rewarding to have gotten that far and realize, oh, this is just the opening act of like uh, this massive all-encompassing story. Yeah, definitely. So Vinland Saga, if you, if you like, as Tim said, Game of Thrones, this is for you. If you like Viking culture in general, if you're watching the, the show Vikings or playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, this is for you. This is more of that wonderful Viking story. If you like some traditional historical style world building and reaching back into uh, history to tell a good story that resonates today, I'd say this is also right in there. Yeah, so that's Vinland Saga. Highly recommend it. Absolutely one of my top picks for, for manga in general. Uh, right now, you can get a hold of this through our print copies. Um, we don't have digital copies available right now. They are on Overdrive, but you'd have to recommend them to the collection, which I'll talk about at the, at, at the end. Yes, so moving on, we also have Parasite. Now, Parasite is a horror and suspense uh, manga. And when I say horror, I, I mean in particular body horror. Right. And would you like to define that a little bit for people who may not be quite familiar with that word? So body horror is along the same lines as John Carpenter's The Thing, American Werewolf in London, where you can't control your body or from an outsider's perspective, you're watching something familiar be turned monstrous. Right. And I think that sort of suits Parasite to a T. Yeah, and if you're kind of curious about that, just pick up pretty much any volume of Parasite and you'll see an example of body horror. Just right on, on the cover. Yeah, <laughs> just on the cover. Uh, it's, it doesn't hide what it is. It is a horror manga and you will see some pretty hero horrific images. Yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely on the gruesome, violent end of this, and, and pretty heavily so, enough to even give kind of a, a warning on that. If that sort of turns you away from stuff, then this one's 
it's got some gore to it. That being said, it also has a lot of world building. It does. Where you will go long stretches of time where very little seems to happen, but you're building to something. Yes. And that sort of suspense and tension building is, I think, key for the horror genre. Mm-hmm. Where you get those cool down moments and you're never completely let go. Yeah, it's a very um, psychological thriller. Like, there's just like moments that, like Tim said, this is we're, we're building to something or we're coming down from something. And so you have to have some time in the manga for your characters to analyze the situation that they were just in or for, and you to kind of come to terms with what just happened because a lot of what happens is is very like deep philosophical stuff about what it means to be human. Yes, and what it means to feel, and what separates us from uh, pretty much everything else. Yeah, so to give you just kind of a, a brief overview of, of the plot of this, this is, this is a story you've probably heard a hundred times. This is your sci-fi action thriller where some sort of alien organism has come to Earth. It can nearly, and that's important, nearly imitate humans perfectly, and it wants to kill us all. Yes, and I think, at least early on, even the parasites don't know exactly why they're doing it. Yeah. And that's important, because they're just doing what they feel. And what they feel is, they have to wipe out humanity. (laughs) Yeah, and so a lot of our conflict comes from our main character, who is this sort of strange human parasite hybrid. Yeah. And so he's like, well, he's part parasite, he's part human, so where does he belong? How does he fit into this? What does it even mean to be human? And so we get into a lot of those questions. And he, the reason why this all starts for him is that normally a parasite will enter through, while you're sleeping, through the ears or the nose, and they're these small worm-like creatures, and when they do, they'll consume the head and the brain and replace it. And they don't gain any knowledge by that, like in some other uh, types of horror. So they, they have to still learn what imitating a human is like. But other than that, they can stretch and rearrange the face and everything. Our human protagonist wakes up or is asleep with earbuds in, preventing the, uh, the infiltration of his brain. Always sleep with earbuds in, people. <laughs> yes. And so the alien, uh, the parasite, proceeds to enter his right hand, and it consumes and replaces his right arm at the elbow down. And they then have to learn how to work together, because if Shinichi, the the protagonist, dies, the parasite dies. So at that point, they're sort of forced to work together. Yep. And... It becomes a sort of tense, there's a predator out there stalking them, almost like the movie Jaws, where there's long stretches, you never encounter the shark, and you only see the after effects of the shark, and you see beaches filled with people, and you just know somewhere out there the shark is waiting. Yeah. That's the long stretches of tension, I believe, in Parasite. Yeah. Um, And I think that tension really helps to sort of just really helps keep your attention to the the story as it's moving along. Yes, and it's not for not for the squeamish. No. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of 
important characters die in this. It's... Yes, they they don't hold back. It's it's definitely earned its mature rating, uh, but at the same time, I think there is almost this sense of it's the closest that we get out of the three that we're talking about to I think Shonen. Uh, yeah. Because it is very much almost like a hero's journey, and our protagonist is a special person who's also a high school student. Right. <laughs> so it's in the signing uh, demographic, and yet it is also takes a lot of shonen tropes. Yeah, it does. And you, you'll see that happening a lot, especially in these. This one's a little bit older, so it's kind of earlier in the genre. So you'll see that as they kind of, the shonen and signing authors sort of vie for your attentions, they'll sort of cross over into each other to take elements to try to bring in a different crowd. So I think you see that a lot in Parasite. Yes, and I, I really enjoyed Parasite quite a bit, but I completely understand why some people may not. It, you have to enjoy horror to you, enjoy You it. do, yeah. Um, but it's, it's a quick read. It's only eight total volumes, um, so you can get through it in an afternoon if you really yes. want to. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on to our final uh, entry today, we're talking about The Way of the House Husband. Yeah, this one's probably my favorite on the list. Um, it's a new one. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, <laughs> it's comedy and it's slice of life. Uh, so I feel like we probably should define that slice of life term just in case you haven't encountered that before, or the term itself. You, you probably encountered the genre, but you want to try to sum up Slice of Life, Tim? So Slice of Life is essentially almost like a an American sitcom where it's just a day in the life of a normal, average, everyday person or an average, everyday situation, uh, like going out to get groceries or something like that. It's yeah. a slice of regular life. Right. And and sometimes this is incorporated into fantastical things, like you could be a slice of life of a witch, things like that. But yes. So we get into, um, this is the slice of life. So it's um, the everyday life of a Yakuza gang boss who's decided to give up the Yakuza gang business and become a stay-at-home husband. Yes. In particular, because... His wife, uh, I think it's revealed, nursed him back to health and after a large battle. Yeah. And he, uh, he decided to spend the rest of his life supporting her and caring for her. And it's a comedy also in that he still appears, even though this is years after he's given it up, he still appears very stereotypically Yakuza. Yeah. And a lot of people confuse his fairly innocent actions with being much more malicious intent than they actually are. Yeah, and there's some really great moments that play on that. Um, but the, the whole the whole conceit of this is that he's given up the, the Yakuza life or the Yakuza life. And that will he, this is always played for pure comedic effect. Don't expect him to all of a sudden decide he needs to go back into the world of crime to solve a problem or whatever. No, no that will never happen pure comedy he's totally out he meets his former boss at one point and he's like oh yeah that guy's out of the game yes and i think one of the key things here is it feels like a comedic version of those action movies where in the first 15 minutes you see the hero's home life and then that all gets ripped away from him and he has to go back in it's like that but It'll never be ripped away. Yes. <laughs> and he'll never get pulled back in. Yeah. 
he he is determined and the only thing he wants to do is be the best house husband he can be. Yeah. So you get some really fantastic moments as we play this whole like Yakuza demeanor off against common household husband tasks like going to the grocery store where he's meeting with um, one of the clerks there and he's like, hey, where's that fine white powder? And his wife smacks him and he's like, he means flour. Yes. Because <laughs> he's got this terrifying look on his face and the clerk is like, what is this guy doing? Yes. So I think, I think one of the funniest parts for me in the series was him just trying to get rid of a roach. Uh, that has infiltrated his house and his wife comes home and finds the house a mess and him panting on the ground and out of bug spray and at one point it lands on his chest and his wife he tells his wife you're gonna have to do it and she rolls up a newspaper and goes to hit the roach but misses and smacks him in the face and, like, knocks him out the window. <laughs> and then the way they solve the situation is they light an oil diffuser and the scent drives away the roach. Yeah. It's, it's completely played for laughs. Everything about their relationship is genuine and heartfelt, and they actually like each other, and they care about each other, but everything else is played for laughs. Yeah, he's, he's John Wick, who just gets to stay at home. Yes. No one ever showed up and killed his dog. Or <laughs> he's just happy. Yep, just a happy guy. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's tremendous because he does run into other former Yakuza, and they've all ended up like him one way or another. Like a former underling, he finds him and he ends up convincing him to become trained in the way of the house husband also. And he runs into the other person who was at his level. Uh, I think it was the Stonefist Tiger. Yeah. Who is now selling crepes. <laughs> and they then have an basically an Instagram off where they both... Uh, create dishes and post them on Instagram and they see who gets the most likes. Yeah. It's uh, it's hilarious. He runs into his former boss who is now he has a dog and he knitted his former boss's dog a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, we're just laughing about it because they're all tremendous little slice of life chapters and it's just delightful. <laughs> yeah, it's this one is probably my top recommendation just for this genre, um, especially if you're just trying to get into it because we've got it, it's just funny. It's warm, it's heartfelt, it's funny. It's just a fun read. You'll get through it really fast and be disappointed that there's not any more. Yes, and every single chapter is almost standalone. Yeah, it's very episodic. It's like Monster of the Week kind of show where it's the new challenge for him to face. The yeah. challenge is quotation marks the challenge is like baking a bread you know right like it's like the vast majority of episodes of a sitcom yeah. where you'll have some like 10 percent that will carry over plot lines but the vast majority of episodes are standalone and they're just what's the situation that week and yeah. it's like that like one chapter he's learning about yoga right and, and one and this is super common in slice of life genre yes. where you just have this kind of you just take a moment and then play that out and see how it goes. And then next week you take a different moment. Yes. So 
just to, to backtrack some, we've seen historical adventure, we've seen horror suspense, but the one that I think both Glenn and I recommend the most has virtually like no fantastical elements, has no horror, has no real mature content all that much. Not significantly, no. I, I think you have to be older to appreciate this, just yes. so you can understand what it means to be a mafia boss. But And that's why it sort of fits into the signing genre in general, is that it's clearly intended for people who can appreciate its quirky slice of life <laughs> yeah. stylings. And of course, our main protagonist is, I don't know if his age is necessarily disclosed, but obviously it's somewhere in his 20 to 40s. Yes. And yeah, it's just a very fun manga. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you read nothing else, read that one. Um, is There's not too much out, so you can get caught up on it real quick. I believe the library has the first four volumes. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah. So just a quick note here to finish up. So we talked about uh, Vinland Saga, and we have the physical volumes of those in the library, and the digital ones are on Overdrive, but they're not in our collection. So this goes for both Vinland Saga and The Way of the House Husband. Um, if you go to Overdrive and you search for either of those titles, they'll show up as titles that you can recommend to our collection. And so if enough people do that, um, or if you recommend a, one that's popular enough, they will add that to the digital collection, and then you'll be able to reserve it from there. So they're not available right now, but they could be if you want them to and you can get them recommended. Um, Parasite is available on Overdrive now. You don't have to recommend that one. And then, of course, we have the physical volumes for all of those. And then you want to take a quick note on their anime adaptations? So Parasite, being the smallest, also it has the smallest anime. And uh, Way of the House Husband, uh, I don't know if... It's, it's releasing, but I'm not exactly sure of the date. So as yeah. of filming this podcast, it is upcoming. Um, yeah. I think that's been impacted by various situations. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so that is upcoming. We're very much looking forward to that. I'm not sure if we have a solid release date for it yet. Um, but I'm hoping in 2021. And Vinland Saga, I believe, has the first season out. It does, yeah. And that one's available through um, through Amazon's anime service. Yes. So it's um, a little harder to find that one. Yes. Uh, and it's still an ongoing manga, so it will... It's on volume 11, which is also in, in the library. But, um, yeah, I, I think these are all very good representations of the signing manga genre as well as just being very good manga in general yeah so we talk about recommending signing manga but really if these are just recommendations for anybody who wants a good book to read like if you don't care about what format is in um, graphic novel chapter book etc these are strong contenders for some of our favorites in their respective genres in that sort of historical genre in that sci-fi horror genre and then in that comedy genre Yes. Uh, I would say that this is sort of like an all-star team of uh, manga. It's it's hard to beat any of these in their respective genres. But uh, all that being said, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening in. Hope you find something to read. Yes, and have a great day. Farewell. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. 
follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ. 